Club with your host Bill Sparks. The panel members are Dave and Chris Spreaker, Bill and Jenny Sparks, Tim Oney, and Jeff Bennett. For the next two hours, Bill will be taking your calls. We'll have lots of conversation, demonstrations of products, and much more. You may reach us by calling 646 876 9923. Follow automated prompts. When you're asked for a meeting ID, enter 287-723-4600. When you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may also join us by downloading Zoom for your Android or iOS devices from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Bill Sparks. Well, a very good morning from one Indianapolis, Indiana, here on September, what is today's date, 14th? 2022 and here we are again it's a nice fall morning i don't know if it's rainy cloudy outside i've been here in the studio it seems like for a long time this morning so i really can't comment on the weather so much on the outside just a couple quick things to tell you uh i know we had an issue last week with zoom sometimes uh, people are trying to unmute themselves, and we have to put a limit on that. It's not that we don't want you to talk. You can talk about, especially when in an open topic, you can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't matter whether we agree with you or not. The only time that we're going to stop you from ever talking on here, if you come on here and, you know, start talking in presenting facts or something that aren't even close to reality or something like that. Otherwise, it's a free go. 
but we're giving you till a three count to get yourself unmuted. And most people can usually do that, and that's what most standards on, uh, um, you know, most Zoom hosts usually do. We we would really prefer that if you come in to try to make as little as noise as possible and not echoey and loudspeakers and things like that because these things are recorded and sent out on podcasts. So that's all I got to say about that. When we get through with this, um, we will... Um, We'll go right back to, we'll go to open discussion right after the panel here. So you can talk about whatever you want to. It's a wide open Wednesday. Just a couple things. I went to the doctor, foot doctor on Monday, and I knew I wanted to go get a new laptop. So I waited because I was down by Best Buy. Boy, was I in for a surprise. Computers have changed. I would say about... 98, 90% of them at Best Buys were computers without my favorite application key where I can use a context menu. Um, That was one of the things. Most of them don't have number pads anymore, and they are a lot lighter, and this, that, and the other, and, and they've changed. So I finally found me one I compromised, but I found one that I thought I wanted. So I got it and brought it home as this nice HP fancy computer with 20 hours of battery life and all that good stuff. But so I'm a top shot computer consultant in my own mind. I can do this. I can do that. I got home, but I couldn't figure out where the power button was. And I looked 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 and I I still couldn't find it. So I had to call Ira and said, hey, I'm the number one computer consultant in my own mind and I can't even find the power button. And he had to take two pictures. And he said, you probably wouldn't have found it. It was a second button in on the right. So... that's exactly what happened so when I wrote my comment I said the great computer consultant was stumped and I was writing this in LOL because I don't believe I am that good anyway but um, I just had to tease him a little bit but other than that it's been a pretty predictable week. Jenny's been working hard, been working hard on the alumni stuff and and working hard on the the database and now I've set my side on the radio station database. Okay, Jenny, take it away. Well, let's see. One exciting's been going on. We got all the printed letters out. I learned that I can change font sizes and do all that stuff and so got the printed letters there, stamped, sealed, gone. Now we're just waiting for the mysterious printer that's supposed to be shipped someday. Yeah, maybe we're... within the next few days, but we don't know. I, they sent me an email this morning and said, "Well, it's it's in line. It should be shipped in a few days. Maybe we'll send you a tracking number if you want one." 
What do you mean? Maybe we'll send you a tracking number. Don't you think you're entitled to a tracking number after all you pay for the product? You want to well, know where it is? They'll send you one if you beg them for one, I guess. But I don't. They've got the money. I mean, they've taken the <coughs> they've money. They've taken so it the money. Be so no. That always bugs me about these places they taking asked the for money. Priority mail. So I thought we'd have it by Wednesday or Thursday since they took the money. But but that always bugs me when they take the money. And then don't ship the product because we had we had a rule when we had to do it that the the product had to be out within. Well, I don't think it was our rule. I think it was that it had to be shipped within seventy two hours of the date that you took the funds. Because you know you're dealing with people's money here. But go ahead, Jennifer. But so we're waiting on that, and then I'm still doing lessons. I only have. Six more to go now if this one gets accepted, and things are going along. So we're we're drifting along. All right, let's send it up to Altoona, Pennsylvania. Well, not much new here. It's a cool morning this morning. I think we're getting a taste of fall, but it's supposed to be 81 by this weekend. So I guess we're going to get another little taste of summer. So it keeps switching back and forth. Nothing really new here. That I right. know of. Well, that's good. It means nothing bad's going on. Yeah. Okay, Jeffrey. Thank well, you. Well, I was going to say the same thing. There's really nothing new here, except that I've been playing around with iOS 16 and have had no real problems with it. It seems to be working fine. And uh, the only thing I could say is. Um, I said to my sister, did you load iOS 16? And she, yeah, I loaded. She called me up this morning, and she goes, Judy, is that you? I said, my name isn't Judy. He says, oh, I hit the wrong person on my on my contact list. <laughs> oh, I said, I don't even look like Judy. She goes, yeah, she started to laugh. She says, you're right about that. Everything is good here. Not much going on. Um, you know, not nothing exciting, at least at this point. You and, have and, coffee yeah. this week, right? Oh, hold on a second. Coffee. Yeah, coffee. Yes, I have lots of coffee now. You know what it's like being without uh, for a few days without coffee until I had to wait for the Keurig to get uh, shipped to me. Yeah, you know it. It, it. It's great to have coffee now, and I I am very happy about that. And Dave, I got to tell you, I I'm glad that you told me how to make that Keurig stay on 24 hours a day, seven days a week without turning it off in uh, in uh, after two hours. Uh, so I remembered that little trick you taught me, and it worked fine. Well, there you go. That's good. That's a good good. Did you good. get your other one to work, Jeff? No, as a matter of fact, the lady that does my cleans my apartment, I still had the coffee maker. We plugged it into another another outlet. She looked at it and she says, this thing is just not working, and there's, and there's nothing that I can do to fix it either. I really believe that the relay or the pump mechanism has go, went bad in that particular machine. I, I can't figure out any other way that that would cause that problem. I, I did, Dave, I did the thing that you suggested by the valve thing and the tank and all that stuff, and it still wouldn't pump. It, it just heats up and doesn't... The, the, there must be a sensor in there that tells it to start the pump when you hit the, the, the brew button, but it just did not work, so I suspect that module went out. It could have been a heating element or something might have went out, so it won't do anything. I don't have that. the I don't have the record magic touch. I, I should box it up and send it here. You fix it, but I got rid of it. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't do that to you, Dave. No, when they last four or five years, you're, you're on borrowed time anyway. <laughs> At least I'm not on borrowed time. Right. The coffee maker is. Right, the coffee makers are. All right, Tim, go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, I was going to mention that uh, you were talking about 
priority mail and all that, I was really amazed because I got one of the new e-readers from our library. Battery 100%. I ordered it Tuesday, late Tuesday afternoon around 4 o'clock. And I received it uh, Thursday morning at about 8. Wow. <laughs> Pretty darn good. Who do you know out there, Tim? How yeah. did you get, the, uh, you get such good service? I don't know. I, <laughs> I have never seen that fast of, of regular mail service for a long time. Which one did you get? Did you get the ape? Uh, the humanware. The humanware one. That seems to yeah. be the predominant one. So you got that one in. Yeah, and I like it a lot. I I haven't done a lot with it, but I've done some reading with it, and it really works nicely. Well, I think it's good to put Braille in most people's hands now. Does it yeah. read it to you in grade two or unified Braille? Um, actually, I'm pretty sure you can change it so that it'll do either one. Right. But... Um, it's set up for UEB by by default. Yeah, which is I'm getting used to it. I, you know, I've done some reading with magazines and books and stuff like that before. But does it read text audibly as well? Is it only do Braille? Just Braille. Okay. Yeah. It does have a a volume control on the side and a headphone jack. But it says they're not being used, so I don't know. So one one day it may get to it. Speaking yeah. of that, Tim, if you really if you like just the audio thing, like Jeff seems to like, you can get the audio. What's it called? An audio. The same people that made those brill brill. Um, Displays that were reasonably cheap. Who was that? Um, you talking you, about Orbit? Orbit, yeah. The audio. What's it called? The audio speak. Audio speak, and I think they're going to be under five hundred dollars. So if you just want audio, that would that would give it for you. But if the things I'm finding about Braille is that when I read a phone number in Braille or read something, then it seems to stay in my memory better than listening to it with audio. Yeah, definitely. I'm hearing from a, a, someone who I know who's a TBI or whatever they call that, and she's saying that the schools just aren't, aren't impressing Braille enough on people who are blind, and I think that's a shame because, uh, I mean, even though I use the computer to read everything now, but it really is important to have those skills. I think we need to keep, make sure that people continue having those skills and being able to use them. That's just the only thing I can say. Yeah. They say uh, in the instructions, you're supposed to be able to use it uh, for a Braille output device for your phone and also well, you can use the keyboard for your phone, the Braille keyboard. And uh, I haven't gotten it to connect right. I think I goofed something up when I first connected it, so I think I'll have to Unconnect it and do it again, yeah. On my phone and do it again. Throw it in the garbage, Tim. No, I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding you, Tim. <laughs> well, at least you got it, and that's a good thing, and that's a start. And you're reading Braille, and that's good. So that's a good thing. All right, then, Jeff. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jennifer. Okay, no, 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 no hands so far. So just no, no, no. 
If you use Bard, the nice thing is you can auto-scroll too, Tim. Yeah, and that yeah, makes I it haven't nice. played around with that yet. I, I, uh, I did get Bard on the device, but I haven't uh, gotten any books yet. Yeah. All I right. have put documents in there. So for those who may not know, Jen good. Jennifer, can you just explain the auto-scrolling, what that means, so those who may not be who listening may not understand what that is? Basically, if you read a Braille book, they within the BARD app itself, they give you the option that you can make the display pan, like go to the next 20, 30 cells, however many you have, automatically at the speed that you're comfortable reading. So as you get to the end of a line, then the next line comes up. And it's kind of automatic, so it's like reading faster and gives you the sort of what it's like if you were reading the book itself. Ah, that's a very nice feature. Thank you, Jenny. All right, now I think you've got three ends, Jeff. Now we have at least, let's I see, one, two, and three. So let's start with you, Joe. Can you unmute yourself? Just said Alt-A to do it. Oh, the audio now unmuted. Oh, 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 thank you. Anyway, thank you so much. It's uh, 57 degrees and up to 78. Now, the interesting thing in the forecast, it says sun and thunder showers. Now, huh, you can't have the big thunder showers if you don't without the sun anyway. Uh, that's okay. Anyway, what I wanted to just talk briefly, one of the most unusual format changes was in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1957. Then I was a strapping teenager into the top 40 music of the day. Anyway, WDGY, which was 1130 on the AM dial, was a store radio station, of course, playing hits of the day. They had, uh, from 10 to 1, a talk show called Nightbeat. And I noticed WHB at Kansas City had the same thing. Well, all of a sudden, Jim Bramsburg at that time was hosting uh, Nightbeat. He said, WTCN, what are you doing? We are going to get some of your DJs. And this was like mid-July. And on August 1st, WTCN 1280 on the AM dial, our ABC affiliate switched to MOR. And lo and behold... WDGY on August 4th got one of their main DJs, Sandy Singer. So that, that, that was the most... And then later on in the spring of 1958, WTCN switched back to the 1940... Uh, 1940... 40, top 40! <laughs> My tongue gets twisted up. Top 40 uh, hits. Anyway, so that was where I had my first radio job, which I mentioned before, doing a survey uh, of what the kids liked at, at the Braille School and getting three records a week. So anyway, that's it. So here is Ellen. Good morning, everybody. And um, just, just wanted to say hey. And, and uh, but you know, we actually got a little bit of rain last night where I think it's... Um, winding down the monsoon season so i think we'll probably get maybe another blast of it before the end of the month but um i just wanted to throw that out and then today we're going we're going out to 
out for a little while this afternoon, and but we'll be all right. Um, but oh, I was going to tell you, um, Braille. I've used Braille all the time, but I'm, you know, I'm reading it, paper, you know, stuff, the magazines, and I also do a lot of uh, copying off the computer doing. Oh, things for the church because um, we get the bulletin and email. So what I do is I peruse through it or write down the scripture references and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, anything that I need copied, uh, you know, need to be put into Braille, I can do that for us. And so then I'm devotion. You know, I'm, I'm always reading something in Braille. Braille is beautiful. That's it. Oh, heaven. And Joe, I was going to ask you, do you remember Dan Daniel when he worked in Minnesota? Yes, I do. He worked at WMCA in New York. He didn't last long in Minnesota, but he worked at WMCA. He got there in 1961, so I kind of figured you probably remembered that. Oh, I sure do. The Tom checks said, oh, yeah. We've done him before. Yeah, we have. Uh, we have We have done him at, at least once. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful Thanks. day, Joe and Ellen. Yeah, you too. All right, thank you, Ellen and Joe. All right, Gail GB, otherwise known as Gail Gruber Bankston, come on and unmute yourself, please. I hope I'm unmuted. Yes, you, <laughs> you are. are. Go ahead. Uh, as far as your Jeff, your thing about Braille, I agree with you. You know, but I learned Braille late. I was in ninth grade. I asked to learn Braille. And because I have some usable sight, the teacher I had, she was a wonderful person otherwise, but she said, you have enough usable sight, you don't need Braille. But mom and I insisted because I wanted to be able to write to friends and have them read their letters from me themselves instead of having to go find somebody. And I am so glad that I learned Braille when I did. Now, do you still have enough usable sight to read print now, Gail? At this, at I still, well, I know it's dust, but I prefer Braille over that because it's it can be eye strain. Doing too much of that can be a good or a bad case of red eye after a while and headaches and everything else. So, yes, I still read. I use Braille for a lot of things. Was it harder learning it that much later? No, not really. I had, like I said, once once she got the idea that I wanted to do this, uh, she only said, though, well, you only need, well, then I'll just teach her grade one. But then she retired. Things happened health-wise with this particular person. And another person came in and said, why shouldn't you learn the whole thing? So I learned grade two after that. And I am so glad because just learning a little bit of it, it's like just getting a taste of the piece of cake and not the whole thing. And I am so glad that I know the whole thing because I use Braille for a lot of things. Plus, of course, while well, I have the computer with speech and everything. But I still, there are times when Braille comes in very, very, very handy for things. You know, so... And everything else is going well here. Wendy came in this morning, um, and she'll be coming back later on this evening. And uh, I've just been listening to the legend and stumping Tim to the best of my ability, I hope, <laughs> and enjoying doing that. And I still have my Zoom 
chats with my nephew and his family, so that's good. Hopefully we'll have one again this weekend. But other than that, uh, nothing else new. Uh, just, uh, you know, just about the same, you know, as it's been. Doing well otherwise with my platelets and everything and, and, and this kind of thing. But I have a question for you, Jeff. Yes? Maybe you can help me. Um, I love Wendy to pieces. I really, really do. But can you take diabetes too seriously? I don't, I don't have diabetes, and you really should talk to Bill or, or someone Bill. who does have it. However, I would tell you that my sister will tell you the same, that she has, uh, and she's on diabetic medication, and, she ta- and, and anyone who says you shouldn't take diabetes seriously is wrong. You need to take it very, very seriously, because if you can, if you can control it and keep yourself off insulin, that's probably the best thing that you can do. But, Bill, I think you're better qualified Bill, to Bill, you're better that at that. I thought you did. Well, I, I'm just saying, you. I have to take it seriously every day. And against some objections sometimes, well, why don't you eat this? Why don't you eat that? No, because I know at the end of the day that my A1Cs have to be in within a well working range. I can't let it get out because number one, you'd have kidney problems, maybe more heart problems, maybe other issues. And I've seen a lot of visually impaired people or friends I went to school with who have died or now having severe problems where they're getting things amputated. So my answer is unequivocally, yes, yes, yes. Take it seriously. And I will but, tell you, I would agree with that. I have a friend of mine who had diabetes and has had had, had it and was never able to control it, and now he's on dialysis scale. So I'm, and Bill is not giving you a bunch of bunch of bunk. No, no, I I understand that. What it's hard for me to explain something that oh, I'm not the best at this, but it's like everything is a don't. Just eat the same things every day of the week because that's the only way. That, that's the only thing that's safe. And well, it gets real, 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 real. Well, boring. I think I understand that after a point, but it's also up to you to maybe to go on that internet and do some research because you've got that internet there and search for things that that you can eat and ask your doctors or the dietitian there what are safe things that I can eat and anything you could probably eat once or every once in a while within a moderation point. You just don't need to eat two big things of cake or do things on a regular basis. You know, use moderation. Don't cut well, your... That, yeah. that, that I understand. I just needed to... It's just, you know, and I understand taking it seriously. I'm not the best at explaining this because it's it's like well, well Gail, do you remember years ago a few years ago when you first got on the coffee club and well, not you when you first but when you found out that you had diabetes and they recommended that you go for diabetes training and go to these workshops i am i am not the one to tell you what to do and believe me i if i had diabetes i'd be saying the same thing but i think that if, if you could find a workshop that you can go to or even if you can do it on zoom i think maybe you'd be, be gaining beneficially gaining uh, by doing that, Gail. Also, Bard has a ton of books 
that you can get in. Not all books are understandable, or I don't understand them. Try to find something you can understand simply and that makes sense for you. But you know, if Wendy's telling you something is not real good for you, don't eat a lot of it or whatever the case may be. Some days I'll eat toast or some type of something that's bland three, four, five, six days in a row. Or I'll, you know, we just learn because I I can monitor my blood sugar. So I know exactly what kind of works and where I made a mistake. So it happens. So, but as far as taking it seriously, yes, but just use common sense and inform yourself. Also, oh, I, I do appreciate that. And the other has, thing is, I have the platelet issue to think about, too. Right. Well, and, that's where you need to lean on your specialist. Go ahead, Jennifer. What were you going to say to her? Yeah, I'm sorry. Barn has a magazine. I don't know for sure if they're still publishing it, but I know they have some issues up there from last year called Diabetes Forecast. And it was a really good magazine, and there's always articles in there about foods and diet, and there's uh, articles in there about people that are living with diabetes and how they do it. Like, there have been articles about athletes and different people that have very active lives and still have diabetes that's in control, and it's, it's a good magazine. I don't know why they... You know, the, the, yeah. And the last thing I would say to you is try, I don't know about your how your weight issue is, but if you're like all of us, you could always lose a pound or two or three or four. And keeping your weight under control is a, a key issue. That will help keep your blood sugars down, down, down. And they and might the NFB have to adjust may your may have a diabetes group that may be helpful too. They do. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for all the thanks for all the help. And it's now, just, after all that work for your diabetes, I'm going to serve you a big piece of chocolate cake with lots of vanilla ice cream. No, I'm only kidding, oh, Gail. I know you're only kidding. <laughs> if you didn't kid like that, I think there was something wrong. <laughs> I think you had gotten off on the wrong up on the wrong side of the bed or something. <laughs> thank you, Gail. But thank you, Jeff, and everybody for your help there. Who's All right. next? We got a huge list here. So go ahead, Bill. Unmute yourself. And then next will be, I think, uh, 512. That's got to be Sean, if I'm not mistaken. But go no, ahead, Bill. That's Unmute Gary. yourself. Gary, yeah. 512. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good morning, everybody. Real quick. It's about 50 some degrees here. And last night I went to see the Collinsworth family. Great show. Man, this first time I've seen that man, can she play the piano? Guy's wife, Kim. Really rocked that piano. Anyways, and then last Thursday, I saw a great group, Daly and Vincent, down in good old Shipshawana. And then Sunday, we drove back from my sister's house in Austin, Indiana, which is south of Fort Wayne, through the rain, and I get back to Chicago and hear all the reports of how much flooding they had here. I didn't get flooded, but on the north side, they had sewers were gushing geyser six feet in the air they showed it on tv that the water is pushing up and some people had water actually on the first floor pushing up out of their toilets it was that much they had they had, they had six inches of rain in three hours last sunday morning here mm. in chicago in some places 
Well, it's either feast or famine, Bill. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. It's really bad. And otherwise, not too much else going on. I'm going down. I'll be down in Covington, Indiana, Sunday to to a dinner theater and watch um, the the Patsy Cline show. One of the girls that works down there, I know her. We've been out a couple times and met her, and she plays Patsy Cline. And when she talks, she sounds like Patsy Cline. So we'll see how good she does when she sings or performs. And as Gail was talking about the diabetes thing, the wife had diabetes. And the thing you got to remember is, well, if you eat a bowl of cereal, forget the sugar and the sweetener. That's one thing you want to do. Because everything that has grain in it is a starch, and that turns to sugar. That's bread, cereal, anything like that. And potatoes are, are big in starch, so you got to watch how much you eat of those. And, of course, the desserts. But if you eat everything in moderation, and as the doctor told my wife for years, do not use artificial sweeteners. They are the worst thing you can do with diabetes. Basically, I don't know if, you've got, if you're on insulin or on diabetic medication. Sweeteners are nothing but pure sugar. It's not sugar, but it's the same as sugar. And people think they can load that into their stuff and make it sweet. You might as well put two teaspoons of regular sugar on it. If you need a tiny bit of sweetener, put about an eighth of a teaspoon or something in it, and that'll sweeten your stuff up. And also, if another thing you said is really bad, is because the sweetener diet drinks. He said they're the worst things you can do for a diabetic is diet drinks. It screws your whole system up. And if you if you said if you needed a taste of a Coke or a Pepsi or something like that, just just drink four ounces, or just drink a little bit to get the taste, and then put it away and forget it. He said. Back then they didn't have the the bottles to conceal, but like now they got the bottles. You know, you got those plastic bottles to conceal them up, but. That's what the doctor told the wife for years, and that's what she always followed. She, she um, really had the, the diabetes, and she didn't really. Oh, she finally had to go on. Well, with health-wise, she went on to insulin when she had the surgery and stuff. They in the hospital, they they knew she's diabetic, and they they gave her insulin had to control it. But otherwise, but no, that was. The only only thing is you, you just watch your diet. Just don't put sugar on the cereals and that kind of stuff. In fact, I eat cereal today with no sugar. I just got in her habit, and I don't use. In fact, five pounds of sugar in my house can last six months. Bill, I'm like you. I never put sugar on my cereal, and I only order cereals that don't have it. Like. You'll yeah, never right. see don't, me. You'll never see those. me have frosted flakes. You'll never see me have uh, whatever the right. sugar that, crisp or any of that stuff. Right. I eat right. Special K or Cheerios. That's that's the right. only cereals right. I'll I eat. I eat Cheerios. Yeah, I eat Cheerios or I, I'll eat uh, Raisin Bran once in a while. That's, you got to watch Raisin too. Bran because raisins raisins will elevate your sugar, but you don't get you don't eat that much of it. But I, I no, try I grape. Eat, I, I try grape nuts, but I don't like those. But I, I, I actually oh, have tried little hard, it. Little hard things, right? Yeah, you know, you got to have good teeth to eat those. Well, <laughs> they're good with banana. If you, if you like banana, Jeff, if you put a half, like, slice banana and eat yeah. them with it. They, yeah, I could do that. That's that's certainly true. Oh, yeah. But again, mm-hmm. 
everything. And also, I don't drink soda. I drink seltzer. I drink carbonated water, and that is flavored, but it doesn't have any sugar in it. So I drink polar right, seltzer, right, like right. like lemon or mandarin <laughs> orange or vanilla or orange vanilla or orange or, or 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 raspberry or cherry. Those are the things I drink. I don't like. I don't. I haven't drank any soda in years. I just I just don't drink it anymore. What brand right. of seltzer water do you get? Polar. P O L A R. Polar. Yeah. If you can find it out there in the Midwest, you should be able to. You should be able to find it, Jennifer. Oh yeah, it's it's quite good. I I like it. It's not, that's not everyone's taste, but I I enjoy. It. Yeah. Occasionally, I'll break the diet a little bit and I'll order. I'll I'll get Canada Dry or or ginger ale occasionally. But really, I like. I that's the soda I drink. And of course, you, you can't drink quinine. That's tonic. But I have gin mm-hmm. and tonic. But that's a little different. Of course, that's <laughs> a totally different animal. <laughs> yeah. What, what's that, Bill? I know, I wouldn't say anything. Thank you, Bill, for... Thank you, Bill. For Bill. And I'm just going to say real quickly, the opinions expressed are the callers only do not reflect the panel's opinions or the, the opinions spoken are clearly the speakers that call into the coffee club. So take it for what it's worth. We are not medical people. We're just people who have live experience. All right. I can say one thing I have noticed is that um, carbonated waters have, the cost of them has gone up way more than other things. And I'm not sure why that is, but probably just because they can. Right. If you could get them on sale, they had this thing where you could buy the, uh, the, one liter things of carbonated water. It was a dollar twenty-five, but if you ordered ten of them, they put the, the the price down to ninety-nine cents, so or something like that. So, I try to get them when they're on sale when I can buy them in bulk, Tim. And if you go to Instacart, you might find that in some of the stores you you check out. If you yeah. see that, try to get them at that at that kind of lower price. All right. Do we have any more callers, Jeff? Yeah, five one two area code. I think that's you, Sean. Go ahead, five one two. Yes, it is me. I, it is me. You were right the first time. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, now I feel guilty for eating that uh, snickerdoodle-flavored Pop-Tart, all this diabetes talk, you know, I'm sitting there, yeah. <laughs> snickerdoodle Pop-Tart. But, you know, I will say my cousin lost his foot because he did not take care of himself very well when he was younger because of diabetes. But, you know, I mean, so I will say that, yeah, listen, listen to these other diabetics. Listen, you know, I'm not, thank God. I'm pretty healthy, you know, knock on wood for now for a 50-year-old. But, you know, yeah. And that's one reason they came up with Coke Zero because of the way the diet, the diet drinks were so bad with all the uh, aspartame or whatever that was in it. So they, they came up with Coke Zero, Dr. Pepper Zero, some of those others. But I was going to comment on the Braille issue. Jeff brings up a very valid point about they're not teaching Braille to kids. And I think it goes along with, even the sighted kids. How many times do you hear about the younger people that are sighted that can't write print or cursive? They can't handwrite. So it's like, oh, we got the technology. We can type it. We read it on the screen. We're Braille. We got we got this, you know, and they don't. You know, so I think that what's going on with the blind kids kind of goes along with the sighted kids because, you know, same thing, I think. But I don't know. That's, that's just my opinion. I don't know what y'all think about it. Well, You're right. 
I think. You, you really, you really have a very good point. Uh, uh, I almost called you Jennifer. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> I mean to do well, that. Well, no, she's at the store. Yeah. She's at the store right now. <laughs> she didn't take me with. She didn't like take me to the store anymore yeah. for some reason. Because I don't know why, but yeah. Now, what but, are you going to no, say, no, Jennifer? Yeah. By the way, we normally don't see you on the coffee club. It's glad yeah. to hear you. But the only thing I will talk about, and and we'll talk about it on radio news, and you'll hear about it. The I know you. You've probably heard about it. But the guy who founded uh, Clear Channel, Lowry Mays, passed away, and uh, we'll yeah, talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about that, and that is yeah, a bad yeah. subject. But since we're on the All Jeff Coffee Club here, Jennifer, what did you want to say? <laughs> I was going to say I think Sean's right because I know here they they passed. They, it was a big big deal because they passed the law a few years ago that they weren't going to teach cursive in school anymore. They did that here too. Curriculum, and that's crazy. They did that here too. Yep, that's what made me think of that. And my sister sees. That's that's good. 
All right, Alan, is there anything else going on with you? No, there's nothing really much going on, but I think the curve is that you got to develop and they should teach you them both, you know. All right, well, thank Okay. All right, thank you very much, Alan. Good, good hearing from you. And ben I'm Bowling. back. Uh, Moline, can you unmute yourself, please? I am back. I believe I'm unmuted. Oh, am, am I unmuted? I yes, you yes, are. Go you ahead, are. please. Good. Great. I just wasn't sure. There was a little bit of a pause there. But I just, last week, we had our Universal Yums here, and we went to South America. Some of the food I really liked, most of it, I was not as impressed with this time. But there, there were some things that were pretty good. And then last Friday was my, my one of my very best days. I had a victory that day that Dennis had given me, given me so much trouble. Found out that, that he wasn't able to post bail anymore. He spent the last $60 he had. And finally, the prosecutor convinced him that it's time he pleaded guilty for the things that he, he did. I mean, if you do it wrong, if you did it wrong, you did it wrong. Finally, admit it for once. And he, he I guess he finally did. So that's a good thing. I, that's a chapter in my life that I can finally throw away. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Beth. I appreciate the call. Hey, Jeff, we're and back. Let me see. Can you hear me, and we, Jeff? Um, thank you very much. And we don't have any other. I don't see any other hands raised. Let me right. see. Right? Can can is hands my phone here. working? And thank you very much. Yes. Oh, just letting you know, Jeff, the legend is back on, even though Bill and Jennifer, because I just checked. Yeah, it, I'm here so right now. I, I am hearing. Thank you. I'm hearing that, Saron. Thank you. I'm I'm right here right now. I think. Can you hear me? Okay, and I'm just getting Jenny for back in as well. So. Very good. Okay, if anyone else has a, a comment they'd like to raise their hands, they're welcome to do so and uh, and come on in as well. We have a full contingent of people here. Let's see here. And Bill's back as well. Yeah, we're back, I and think. And thank you very much, Beth. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Can you hear me, Jeff? I guess he can. All right. I so don't think Jeff... Yeah, Can we you hear me, Sean? What's, what's that? Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to say, Bill must be, Bill Sparks must be muted. Yeah, um, somebody. I hear you on the legend asking if we can hear you, but we don't hear you on Zoom. Oh, Bill is muted. <laughs> there you yeah, go, Bill. there I go. There, there I am. I was trying to. Bill, I'm sorry. I tried to try to keep things going. I didn't want anyone to hang up. So, no. Otherwise, it was all Jeff all the time. We had. Oh, uh, you don't want that. Believe me. No. Um, okay, let me just thank you. This. Okay, okay, Beth. Thank you. Um, and we're back. And who's next in the queue, Jeff? Well, let me see. Uh, Bill's got his hand raised again. But go ahead, and then we'll let more people who want to come in come in. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Okay. Now, uh, a little while ago, when I come in, the Braille se- segment. I agree that Braille should be taught. Now, when I when I started school at old ISB in 51, it was mandatory you had to learn Braille. I could see well enough at that time to read with a magnifying glass, and I could read real way anything like the headline of the paper before they come out with large print. But I learned the Braille. The, the uh, teacher I had taught me Braille with quarters. Because I could see it, she lays the quarters on the on the desk, 
you know, the Miss Lennon, she, she, she could read print, but she had to, as we used to say, she read print with her nose. She had to put the print book up that close to her to read print. But she uh, taught me the Braille, and I actually learned the Braille alphabet. So I, she showed me the routine, and said, "Now you think you can you can do what you need to do?" And I said, "Sure." So I did the whole alphabet in grade one after the first showing. I had no, but I agree, Braille should be taught. Because I, you know, Bill, I think it can always be used. And there's something else that should be taught. And we learned it starting in, in fifth grade when I went to Lavelle School. Is I had to use a typewriter and how to be able to type with a regular electric oh, yeah, typewriter. Typing, typing. But when I was in school, and I don't know about when Bill started the year you were there, but when I started, I had typing my first year. Typing was mandatory in the fifth and sixth grade. You couldn't get out of it. It was a mandatory class. Fifth and sixth grade at ISB back then. And then your senior year, you could take advanced. You could you could take the typing course again because uh, when I graduated in '60, in the late '50s, it started to get into medical transcription. So a lot of a lot of uh, people that had visual problem or was blind was going into medical medical transcribing. So you go back and take a refresher course in Braille. I mean, not Braille, but uh, typing, if you wanted to. Now. When I was in school there, I could, I got to where I could do 120 words a minute, and the office used to hire me all the time. The superintendent do all their typing, because I could, I could run off 120 oh, words yeah, a minute yeah. on typing, and well, that was a manual that, typewriter. That was before, before electric typing. Yeah, all right. right. Well, that's pretty well, good, well, Bill. Right. Yeah. And we, I, I still can. I can still do. I've timed myself. I can still do about 80 words a minute. Right. Sorry, but we got to go. We've got people okay. waiting, and they've yeah. not had a go chance ahead. yet right, to talk. Good. And we've had somebody on twice, and we got people waiting. All right. I think the next one, and I know, I know the next one is the guy out in North Hollywood. Don, can you unmute Don. yourself, please? And I think that's it. Eight one eight. Go ahead, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I. This is not really, I guess, in a way, not really related to the exact conversation here about Braille. But I was, uh, I started out as a uh, partial. Uh, I could see out of both eyes until I had an accident with one of them. But anyway, when I was in high school, my mother, well, to begin with, I couldn't write with a pencil or a pen to save my life. I. I I just, you know, you couldn't read my writing. No, no way in heck you, could you do it. So anyway, even me. Uh, so anyway, my brother uh, had me get into a typing class there at uh, at high school, and it, it was a uh, source of frustration for me because the paper. I always had a hard time aligning the paper and all that kind of stuff. But I'm forever glad that I did it. And, of course, in those days, we didn't know, you know, computers were coming up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that was, a, you know, typing for me was kind of like Braille is for you guys. Because uh, it, it gave me the ability to at least write something that people could read where they, where they couldn't read my writing before. And so, anyway, I went on to actually write some stories for some uh, science fiction magazines and things like that. I actually won contest back in the mid-70s, which was a surprise to me because 
I'm in the middle of uh, the sagebrush there at Wyoming, and and uh, they didn't know me from Adam, and for me to, to win a contest like that was just, you know, unbelievable uh, with, my, with my typing and writing skills. Uh, so anyway, that, that's just my experience on that end of it. Very, well, very good. good. Very good, Don. Okay. So how's Sandy doing? Is she okay? Yeah, she's doing okay. Uh, I took her into uh, Kaiser here last week. She was having some problems with her ears, or she thought she was. And anyway, it turns out that the problem was not with her ears, but her jaw. Apparently, sometimes if you have a... Uh, she's having the beginnings of arthritis with her jaw, apparently. And somehow the doctor, she has a very good doctor, and he must have noticed that. That might be the actual problem. Uh, but it, it, it threw it at first because they gave us to a, uh, a guy who was a bone specialist. Uh, and we couldn't figure that out. Because at first he was going to send her to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And then, uh, anyway, so when they sent out the thing, uh, it turned out to be for a bone specialist. And so she's, she's doing okay with that. Uh, so no new medication needed or anything like that. It's just uh, she should eat. But, uh, I, I, the only thing they told her to do is eat softer foods and stuff like that to do. But other than why than that, she's doing okay. Well, good. Uh, I, can't, I can't get her this morning. I don't know what's going on with her phone there, but anyhow. That's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Well, at least you called in and keep us up to date, and we'll look forward to hearing from you in the next day or so or two. Yeah, I'll let you know what's going on with the Braille writer, stuff like that. Uh, there's a problem with uh, her brother, the one that's got the uh, purse strings. We don't know whether he, when he uh, took the house and, 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 uh, destroyed everything in it, whether that was her Braille writer was part of what he got rid of or not. we got to talk to him and see if he's got it, and if he's got it, we got to get him to send it to her so that she can, uh, even if it's one-handed, at least she'll be able to, to type on you know, because she has, she, she knows Braille, and uh, she's done Opticon and all kinds of stuff. She was actually called, uh, a friend of ours called her the Buzz Queen of the Valley because she taught Opticon <laughs> to a lot of yeah. people. That was a wonderful anyway, thing. Anyway, I'll keep that go. All right, Don, you take care, okay? I just thought I'd add that to the conversation yeah. for what it's worth. <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, okay right, Jeff, you, who's next? Uh, there's no one next. This one. Let me just check it again. Nope, uh, we're, we're caught up right now. We're caught up. So everybody's had a chance now. That's what I always like to get through is make sure everybody has a chance to talk, and then everybody can always come back for seconds, thirds, whatever the the case may be. Dave Rickard, you've been working on a device this week. What have you been working on? <laughs> Braille writers. <laughs> Tell me why Seems you're working on this. Topic. Well, uh, they got broken. <laughs> How did they get broken? Uh, maybe uh, typing too hard. I thought maybe you threw one at Chris or something because she threw one at you or something. No, this was not one of ours. It was somebody else's. We've actually had a couple. And, and uh, when people use Braille writers, some 
you know, you can press the if you press the keys too hard, eventually something's going to break, and that's and four things did. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you find parts for them? Uh, what I can't find, I make them. We made them. Well, I say we, meaning him, but I did help find the raw materials. Yeah. Do you think what broke? Yeah, there's um, each key and a braille writer has these thin rods. Well, they're yep. and and those there's pins in there that snap. There's uh, oh well, there's all kinds of pins all through that thing that hold this stuff together. And the trouble is, you know, if you if you if you press on the keys too hard. Those pins are thinner than a paper clip. Over time, they will break. And they will break. And uh, it can cause all kinds of problems because if they do break and you still try to type on it, then the next thing you know, things start bending and and that causes other problems. And uh, Do you think you're... I'm not. Do you think by having to use and make your own parts, do you think that will last as long or last longer than what the original parts that were intended lasted? I always use heavier parts if I can because um, there, there's a couple, for example, there's a couple places in a Braille writer that has, it controls um how far down your they call it the gooseneck that's what we always call it you know that where the braille comes out or punches it into the paper and there's heavier oh it's like a, a metal strap tim would probably have an idea what i'm talking about there's there's one on each side uh, inside the, the 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 braille writer and they break and you can't that's one part that is almost impossible to get a hold of. So I just, you know, I just make them. He put and, a heavier one. And I put on heavier one of parts because I know when shortly after Chris and I got married, she decided that uh, she was going to braille on a credit card. I wanted like two letters on some yeah. of these cards. All look alike. So she. Brailed on the card, and my type, my braille writer went haywired. So I put heavy-duty parts in it. And so anytime that happens now, with somebody, I use heavy-duty heavy-duty parts. And it's still working. What do you do when the when the carriage is on the Perkins Rail Rise? There's a chain. So when you yeah. pull, when you and that breaks, and that broke on mine. And and my friend who would, would fix them for me, I I worked with him back in nineteen in the eighties, and he said I'll try to fix this for, and he couldn't find parts to fix that. How do, what do you do with that when that happens? There's um, the the pieces that hold the chain together. Um, I've had I've seen two of those that break that broke, and um, I made my own. Uh, I guess you call them a link. That's what you want to call them. Connectors to connect them together. And so far, they're working. Now, that's... Well, that's pretty good for 40 years. Yeah. Dave, I... Excuse me. I uh, ended up getting a hold of a couple of used... Or not used, but a couple of people were going to throw away these... I don't know if you remember them. They were a company... It was a company called Taj. And they made... 
copies of the Perkins Braille Writer from they were from India. Oh no, and I hadn't a heard lot of it. Of the, a lot of their parts are the same. Yeah, um, they weren't built nearly as well as the Perkins, so they had a lot of trouble with them. But anyway, they were going to just throw them away, so <laughs> I I ended up getting them and. And it's been very useful for replacing things. Yeah, because I'll tell you, you know, um, some of those parts are really delicate in there. And you wouldn't think they would be. Um, And it seems like the newer ones, the newer plastic ones, those things are a lot of trouble. Well, uh, let's carry that brow rider topic over to... How do you suggest, and I'm saying they're going to probably become scarce unless they update a new model, and I don't think that's likely. The people that just love their Victor streams, how do you suggest they preserve them to keep them going as long as possible? Well, one of the one of the bugs that I know that the Victor stream has is... They use a USB mini connector to plug into the Victor stream. And sometimes if somebody tries to plug it in the opposite way of of that it's supposed to go in, it will destroy the the port. Or even if they push too hard. Or if they push too hard. And now they're making... There's a few cables out there now. They're, they have a USB on one end, and then on the other end, well, it depends on what you want to use. If, if you're going to use a C charger or, or whatever, um, there's a magnet on the opposite end of the cable. It's a little round uh, magnet with a s- swivel on it. So you can flip it up or down or whatever. And then you get these little tips that stick onto the magnet. And they make them different sizes. And one of those... Lightning. um, They have a lightning tip. They got the USB uh, mini tip. Only the difference is you can put that in either way. You don't have to worry about putting it in the wrong way and damaging the port of the Victor stream. Okay, any other ways that they can preserve them besides that? You just leave those tips in there and that saves wear and tear on the port. Yeah, pulling them in and out. And other than that, make sure that they're nice and clean and nothing gets into those ports. Um, And the the back on the Victor stream fits tight. Because sometimes after after they age a little bit, you know, in the in the latch that holds the the cover on in the back where the battery is, sometimes that thing will come loose and then your battery comes out or loses connection. And really uh, make sure that you keep the keyboard clean because you know they do have a tendency to collect dust, things like that. So. They're very hard to repair once something goes wrong, though. Yeah. What about a case? Would you suggest a case for them? Uh, it's, it's always a good idea to have a case because that helps to keep 
you know, I've seen Victor Streams where people have spilled something on them, and it would have been a lot better if they would have had that thing in a case. I don't know if uh, it would help with the stream or not, but I know with my, I had a Franklin, well, I still have it, talking dictionary, and I always kept it in a plastic bag. You yeah, could actually you type on it through the plastic bag, and it never got dust on Well, you know, um, and Chris has done this already, uh, to put the Victor stream, when we used to use it quite a bit for recipes and stuff, and she put the Victor Stream in a plastic bag like a when she's lock. working in the kitchen, in like yeah. in a Ziploc bag, and because you can still use it, the keys, you know, uh, you know, the buttons and everything work just fine in there. Yep. Yep. Sounds good, Dave. <clears throat> I've known people that did that with their braille displays, like their braille note or something like that, but I'd be afraid to do that. Is there a particular Braille writer that you like besides Perkins, Dave, that you would say uh, if, you, if you had it, if it was still being made, that you would like it better than Perkins? I know that everyone, I used to use the old Hall writer, <laughs> writers. Oh, I hated those things. Oh, Did anybody ever use a lavender? Yes, those plastic Oh, I hated things. those things. Those were awful. They didn't last very long. I can tell you I had one at home no, and it did not last. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm stuck on the Perkins I <laughs> I think the Perkins was a Cadillac. If anybody else wants to jump in, they can join us or make comments. Hey, Tim, didn't you use the IBM Selectric Braille Writer? I li- I thought that was pretty good. I had that when I went to school, yeah. I went to school. I I really enjoyed that. Uh, one. Yeah, they were pretty neat. That uh, was yeah, a good I did, one. Uh, one summer when I was working at KYSN in Mankato, they. Thank uh, you. Yeah. We borrowed one from the Braille school because they weren't using them during the summer. And I used it for, well, the secretary would type the log for me and stuff like that. And it really was nice. Let me tell you how that saved my job, this electric. I was able to put a camera from the Opticon on there and uh, could fill out forms sometimes with using the Opticon. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, when I would I was working at WVAM and and um, they uh, had purchased one of those uh, IBM uh, Braille writers, and um, that was nice because otherwise, you know, we we would have to we would have to write the logs out ourselves, and the secretary then that was was able to. It was usually in grade one, but still um, it was it was nice to be able to go in in the morning and the log was already brailed yeah the other thing he's oh sorry i was just gonna say the other thing he fixed on this brailler was you know how when you roll them roll your paper in uh sometimes there's a little wire in there and if it gets messed up your stop for rolling the paper in won't work oh yeah that little thing that drops yeah it's a real have I have a reliable braille writer, and I, the only thing for a long time, the backspace hasn't worked. Everything else works. How could I fix that? Well, it probably needs. There's there's a couple things. There's a little pin in there that breaks. In in, in the back on the backspace. Well, it's in the mechanism for the backspace, and that little pin will break. You know, for my mom's. Dave, back, this was 
probably a lot worse than what you do for rebuilding things, but I used to bread twisty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I remember getting in trouble with one of those hall writers that it had a, it didn't have a chain like the Perkins writers did. It had a belt, and this rubber yep. belt or whatever it was broke. It went, Ew! and Miss Margaret was so mad at me. I said, I didn't do it. I just returned the carriage. I got punished for something I didn't purposely do. I didn't break the writer. I just, but this thing breaking, it went all over the place. It was just what a mess. Oh, you probably just didn't want to finish your homework or something. Right, he was. You know what, Chris? You're probably right, Chris. I'm sure that you are right, actually. Actually, Jeff's soft hands can't do it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to ask real quick. Did anyone has anyone ever used the IBM Selectric with the Braille ball? No. Because um, I one place I was at had one, and it was interesting. It, it wasn't as good a braille as the the actual IBM brailers. Do, do, do they make those IBM brailers anymore? When were those out? I don't remember then. The late sixties. Yeah, the late sixties. Oh. I remember the ones with the ball. Uh, that's what Lavelle School had, uh, Tim. With the ones with the ball. That's what I, I remember that quite well. Um, and they were nice and correct. If you if you made a mistake and you and you backspace, there was you could you could have a correct key on it that worked great. It was a lot pretty good. Was, remember that? Yeah, yeah, it did do that pretty well. But their braille was a little funny, and I don't know. I, I never really had a chance to play around with it a lot to see if you could maybe get around that or not. But you know. I, it's too bad some of those things haven't survived. And I think one of the things that survives, they've got other companies, and Dave and them have got another player, the Evo. But they can't match the Victor stream when it comes to radio as far as getting the stations because these companies take the cheap way out and use the out-of-date or out-of-business radio databases and do not make them go up to date or they can't be updated or they won't be updated so that's why you got to be very 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 careful yeah and that you're right about that bill because you know while the i have the evo and it, it's a great machine it records well and all that stuff but as far as the database they don't update the database so you've got to find an URL, however you say it. Anyway, a URL, <laughs> URL, and uh, and you've got to use another a program to convert that, and you know it's it's and and then it's got to be copied into the machine. And as many times as these stations change, change streams, yeah. you never know. Yeah. Um, I but they, remember that with the book port. It's a real hassle that oh, way. Oh, the book port was even harder to fix this yeah, time. it really was. It really was. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the best device ever that that Jenny had one, and then I bought one off of Randy, was the, what was that thing called, Jenny? The Icon. The Icon. That thing had oh, yeah. a good tone. It had a huge hard drive on it, larger than most computers, actually. And um, it, if it could have done radio a little better, but you could make it. But it could record. It could play talking books. It could, for its time, it was great. 
had a good RSS reader in it and a good podcast thing, and you could do. It had a, a Twitter app on it, and it, the cool thing was it was so menu driven. That yeah, it is probably the best of all of these things I've ever seen. And what happened to it? Did they discontinue it? They did because they couldn't get parts for it anymore. They they couldn't get parts for it, and then APH. They went in with APH, and instead of teaming up to make their product better, APH made a competing product. And it didn't last long either. And it wasn't as good. They had a case for it. It was a guy that invested money. He actually landed on his feet. He writes the software for your voice view, you know, on the... On the um, ALEXA devices, televisions, and other things. So, and that's what I noticed about this computer is not only can it use the Alexa on it, but it can also, you can hit a button and make it go into show mode. So, if you didn't have a show, one of those, you know, Alexa's with the show. If you wanted to monitor a camera or do something like that, you could do that with your laptop. So I think we got one call. Yes, it's our, it's our friend from uh, uh, Chicago again. It's Bill. Go ahead, Bill. Are you guys talking about Braille writers and stuff? I'm going to antiquate you a little bit. Uh, go back to antiques. When I was back, I know... If Bill probably, they probably got rid of this before Bill started or got into there. But we used to put the school paper out. It come out once a month. And we used a, a machine that was called a stenotype. And what it was, you put these zinc plates. They were standard size zinc paper. Zinc plates. And you had this machine. It was like a Braille writer. You would hold down the, the letter you wanted to press, like the A or the B. And there was a pedal that you pressed, and it stamped the letter into the zinc plate. And then the zinc plate would lay on a flat device with a piece of, like, a sponge or rubber over top of it. And you put a piece of paper in between the, the plate and the sponge and run it through these rollers, like a roller on an old ringer washer. And that would print the pages. We used that to do the Braille paper with, and that was a, that was a printer. And then they eventually went to, if you remember the old mimeograph machines where you typed on the the uh, paper and then you put it on the thing and rolled it and it squeezed the ink through and printed printed your papers out. Well, they did the same thing. They started with a Braille one, but the only difference was the drum was like a a mimeograph machine drum, but you had to handset every letter that you wanted to print in Braille on each line that was a groove, they would slide the letter into it. And sometimes you put a letter in upside down and that was a mess because you messed up the whole whole thing. But you slide these letters and the little clips at the end would hold the line in place. And then you just put your paper in the feed and turn the crank and it would roll and press the Braille out. That was That was back in the 50s. 
Oh, I know, I know, I got, and then we had the Braille Rider too. I don't remember the brand names, but the old uh, six key with the space bar and the backspace, that's all it had on it. Sounds and like it would have been easier to build an arc. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it would have been when you had to do that. I hated it because we got that uh, new new Braille press. I think it was my senior year, and I was editor of the paper, and that used to be a pain because I'd had someone else set it up, and then I had to sit and read every line on that drum to make sure they put the letters in right. Because you know, if you take a le- if you take the OF sign and put it in backwards or upside down, you've, you've changed the whole word. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, had, you, you had to make sure every letter, and then the word trouble with it, if it had to be a mistake in the middle of the line, and you had to remove like 40 characters at the end of the line and reverse that one back where it should be, then you had to put all the others back in place again. I mean, it took forever to, to load up that thing, because I used like the old stenotype. I, I use the old stenotype all the time, and that was that was simple. But, you know, that was, <laughs> I decided I think you guys antiquate you guys a little bit because I think when Bill probably got up to where he was doing that stuff, that stuff was all gotten rid of. Yeah, they got it, rid of they, that stuff. Yeah, they yeah, went most to that it. stuff was gone by by the uh, well, I think probably by 1961, most of that stuff was gone. Well, the big thing, though, what was big when I went to school uh, in the 70s, uh, they had thermoform machines, and those are really popular. I've, I, I just said that's probably oh, why yeah. everybody was so happy when thermoform <laughs> came, came along. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was even slow if you had a lot of copies to do or something, because you had to do all of one page and put another one in there and do that page. Right. My, yeah, that, uh, I, never, I never worked with those, but I, I saw them things, so I know what they are, right? My electronics instructor, he was a professor at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, and um, he got this, you were talking about thermoform, and he was trying to show those that were interested, that were blind, how to read a schematic. And so what he did, he took solder, and you know, got a roll of solder, and he shaped the solder into the form of like a resistor and capacitors. He did all this kind of stuff, and he put it on thermoform. So when it heated up, you had your schematic in a therm on the thermoform. It was amazing. Now that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. And then you could tell what they were and keep it, so you'd know. Yeah, because they they had these radios you could uh, that that he, he had. I think I was in ninth grade, and uh, this guy he came in and and he had made uh, schematics to put these radios together. Now they were tube type radios at that time, and uh, and and so he actually made the schematic, and all you had to do was follow it. It was great. You know, the funny thing is, and, and I really believe it has to do with, with my RLF and being born premature, is I can I can get around pretty well. I was never able to follow those diagrams that they see in textbooks, like when they when we had tests and stuff, and I always thought there was, I, I don't know why, and I, I felt bad because I could never understand them. No matter what I did, I was never able to follow those things, and I really believe that part of it 
had to do with some sort of spatial relationship thing with my fingers and understanding the uh, just if I could see it like regularly without looking at it in, in braille but looking at a, a resistor I'd know what it was but if you drew a picture of a resistor and, and put it in one of those braille textbooks it didn't make any sense to me Dave does that make does that make sense to you maybe I'm wrong I I, I could be wrong about that it, but. well it, it, you have to get used to it you know one once you know this guy was extremely good with this kind of stuff, you know. Boy, I we, missed we, it. <laughs> Jeff, I'm with like, you. Well, what did you say, Chris? Like my, what, uh, I heard Chris say something in the background. I said it might be a spatial thing. No, I mean, I know people who are blind who have well, RLF, and, and they can't get around in their own house. I mean, I mean, so I, you know, I, I get it, Chris, you know. Some of it is that is that graphs and things are, are two-dimensional, and you're used to looking at things in that are three-dimensional, like if you look at a, a raised picture of a tree, most of the time it doesn't resemble a tree to me. No, it doesn't feel like a tree to me. Did you want to say something, Tim? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I had a teacher, my physics teacher, made me a device to read oscilloscope patterns. And it was just a, a photocell with... Uh, uh, an oscillator that varied in pitch um, depending on what it saw and stuff like that and I was able to trace patterns on the screen using that and you know when you get a teacher like that I mean that is super Well, yeah there was a I don't know if you guys remember Science for the Blind it was in Ballard yeah. Kenwood, Pennsylvania I do remember it um, yeah. and I had something I got something similar to that because you know, you know, of course, in the business and business that I was doing and repairs, I had to be able to read an oscilloscope, and that was the only way to do it. You know, cause... But now, how could you? You can't. You can't do repairs like etching circuits and stuff like that, Dave. I mean, I don't think there's anyone who's blind that can do. That. I'm not saying that blind people can't do it, but I think that would be rather hard to do. Well, anymore, you really can't. It's done by robots and stuff because the. Like, you take the circuit board that's in a Victor stream, isn't much thicker than a piece of Braille paper. And so, you know, there's no way, you know, it's got to be done, <laughs> you know, by uh, computerized robots of some kind. And they talk about, like, integrated circuits having, like, 26,000 transistors on them, you know, yeah. that mean yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Then why can't they come out with a good, decent radio with all our new technology? Why can't we come out with a good, decent radio? Well, maybe they're lazy, or they, or the cost. That it's 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 a lot more expensive to produce something really well than it is to put to mass produce something that's cheap, Bill, and that. And that's part of the problem as well, I think. I mean, they can spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on cameras to make them perfect. And now I guess those are getting replaced by these great, fantastic cameras and our phones. But I just wondered why, why that is, that they can, you know, Doug and I have lamented this fact. You can't find a good, decent AM-FM radio anymore. Or I'd like to see an AM-FM radio with a Wi-Fi on it that was accessible and that you could 
you know, listen, integrate your internet or Sirius XM or whatever. The, the closest thing I've got is that little hymns device that can do all of that. But, you know, those are so expensive that not everybody could afford one of those. Well, remember that Wi-Fi radio I had for a while? You could use the app and do a lot of it. With you do a lot of it with the app, but it wasn't it wasn't real easy to even use back then, especially the startup and, and those types of things. But, you know, the thank goodness now we have the devices. Well, well you know, that, you know I, I've talked to many tech um, technicians at, you know, manufacturing companies and stuff, and they told us that if... If they make a product from, if they want to make a a product that talks, for example, if they make that, put the the chip in there, as they are manufacturing the equipment, it's a lot cheaper. Well, and, that's that, that's that's the same thing with web design, uh, Dave. I worked for New York State and worked in the accessibility area, and every time they de- they developed the site with inaccessible website, they'd have to rebuild it all over again, Dave. If you build it in to the device that you're doing it, it's a lot cheaper than having to start over again from scratch. It's same with the anything. website we just switched to on the legend or even for the alumni. It's built in to where we can add a shopping cart at any time or do those changes. If you do that then, instead of having to try to halfway bake it in, yeah. it messes it up. And that's why, and we're transitioning here just a little bit, but there's companies like Vasync that that you use with, you know, with the air fryers and who put that in. And we have to give a shout out to Traeger for making their products accessible that can be used with the Lady A's and the... G devices and all the other things, you know, that makes it a lot easier for a lot of us. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing the technology. I mean, Chris and I were talking the other day about, you know, twenty years ago, who would have thought? You know, we'd have stuff we have now that for especially for blind people because, you know, they're just. I remember when I went for computer evaluation. This was like 1991 or something like that, and and they had a scanner connected up to a computer, and I put that put a, put that book on that scanner and fired up the computer, and I was able to read it. And I'm, who would have ever, who could have ever imagined, you know? By the way, and the biggest mistake that they make, Dave, I was working with New York state back in the 80s and they said well we'll build an accessible site and a non-accessible site and uh, you can no. choose whichever you want but the problem with that is is that what happens is the both sites eventually get out of sync because they'll they'll make changes to the to the inaccessible site but they'll forget they'll take those changes and move them forward to, to the one that's made accessible so that's if you have right. one website yeah ask audible about that they tried oh, yeah that. remember that <laughs> yeah they tried that they tried that nonsense and it didn't work you know where the websites were not accessible they tried that and they still didn't get it right no they didn't by the way dave 
if if you listen to Jonathan Mosen's podcast, and I got to tell you, they're doing a thing on the on the iPhone. It's called audio graphics. Have you heard of it? Have you ever heard of it? And Bill, did you heard that last week? And what it is is, let's say you're looking at a, a chart of temperatures. Well, you can, it may not be able to read the temperatures, but if you move your finger up and down in the chart, you can see where the chart is telling you the temperature is going to go down, it's going up, and you can kind of get an idea of what the graph looks like by the sound of the pitch. That I think that's pretty cool. I mean, it's different, but it's pretty cool. It is. I, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I've heard about it, and I'm interested in it. But all I've gotten so far is bits and pieces. But Yeah, I suppose we should take a few minutes and talk about that. That It's a shame that if you want to take advantage of some of these things like door detection and some other things, and I would urge you to listen to Jonathan's podcast. You can just type in Jonathan. Go to mosen.org, M-O-S-E-N.org, and you'll find his podcast there if you don't know how to do it, but you have to have a i14 Pro or i13 Pro or you know these things that have the Pro model. But the door detection he was demonstrating and finding doors and finding things and reading door numbers and and those types of things with your phone. There's a lot, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot too, Jeff. Well, you know, I, I, I am really hopeful. You know, I know that no matter what happens right now, I mean, I'm going to be 70 next year. I'm never going to get my sight back. But, you know, the technology, and Chris and Dave, you you guys have seen or, or have had some sight. I really believe with this technology, and it, we're, it's only going to get better, and I hope that for, all, for us, and I know we're older, that it really gets to the point where it really becomes a helpful aid to all of us. That's what, that's my goal to see that happen. That that's all I got to say. I just It'll come wish, one of these days. I just wish they wouldn't. I know they make more money if they do it, but I wish they wouldn't put everything on the top of the line stuff. What about the people that can't get the top of the line? Why not put it on all of them? Well, it's the same thing that, they used to do with the microwaves. You know, that's you right. could get the Braille kit if you bought the top of the line one. Oh yeah, like my washing machine when I got my Kenmore washing machine. You could get it brailled if you got the top of the line one, but that's why when right. I buy an inaccessible microwave, I'll get Chris to, to to do all the microwaving for me, right, Chris? All right. <laughs> Would this have been possible when I looked at one laptop on Monday? The function keys, there was not an F1 through F12, you know, like across the row you see on most laptops or did see. Now they put these function keys in the glass, F1 through F12 or various things, and then you had to cycle through like five cycles on each one, but you could not feel them. Would Even if you had that dot... Even if you mark those, I don't even think you could have fused those properly unless there was an app for that computer or something. Do you, Chris? Do you think you could have mastered that? Um, Maybe. I think I will have to give her a computer and then see if they can figure that out. That, I mean, that would be that would be the one. All right. So if you tap the F one key, for example, if you marked it or whatever, you wouldn't know what the other four things were going to be unless you counted or memorized those particular sequences. Correct. 
I would think. Yeah, probably. I had a stove, just to show you how, and this was back when I first bought my house in 2005, and it was totally touch. And I tried to braille it up or tried to put dots on it, but every time I would touch those dots, it would it would trigger the touchpad that was so sensitive. So the, I realized that I you really couldn't put the dots on top of the number that you were talking about. You'd have to put it slightly below or slightly above. Because there was no way that you could braille that. And the stove was like a touch-tone phone, uh, Dave. So if you wanted to bake at 350, you'd hit bake, and then you'd type 350 in yeah. and start. And by the time you got, were touching the stove to get to the 3, you had already hit the 1 or the 2. So the only way to really fix that is to put the braille or the indicators a, a little bit under where the, where the, where the dot is. That, that, that's very, very challenging, i got to tell you. Actually, that's what I had to do on our induction burner is put them off of the numbers but the way i handled it on the air fryer was to make some short lines that come of course this is not using the whole screen this is only using start and power which happen to be on the edges so you can take these lead lines and peel them off and stick little short lines to guide you down to your dot that's on the number that's how I handled that for the air fryers. The, yeah. the other thing works for uh, that works fairly well for touch screens is a brailleable. Yeah, you could use a brailleable, but you didn't have a lot of room on these function keys. You know, there's not a lot of room. Oh, probably not. Not not on on that particular. What is a brailleable, Dave? For those who don't know, because I don't know what that is. So, a brailleable is a clear plastic thing that you peel the back off you braille on it before you peel the back off but if you don't want to braille on it if you just want to put it on your screen and then put your dots on or whatever it cuts the sensitivity on the touch screen down some now it may not be enough it depends on the touch screen but it does cut it down some you get them from APH okay it is a little frustrating, and I, I don't like to get upset, but there are times when I get upset when they make these appliances and things that don't work, that, that, that are not easily adaptable. And, Chris, I know that you and Dave do a lot more work with this stuff than I ever do, but it really is unfortunate that it, it, it bothers me, and I can't I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just preaching to the choir here. So, Bill, do you think, like, with those function keys, if you enabled the... The touch function of JAWS, like for touchpads, you think JAWS would read it? I don't know. And at that point, I didn't want to make the extra $1,000 investment to find out when. Maybe yes, maybe no. It it might have, but it actually wasn't on the actual touch screen itself. There was a, a place between that and the touch screen. So I don't know, Jennifer. I can't. I can't answer that question. I was going to call Lenovo to see if I could find that answer out. But I thought about that. Um, you know, I I thought about that question. But but most computers now, I said, are there anything that's not a touch screen? He said, I don't have anything left in the store anymore. They're not. They have a touchscreen, which is okay, and you can work it, but it's not as practical as a keyboard. And 
you know, so I don't know, Jennifer. They, I thought about that, and I tried that there, but I could not get it to work. Of course, I didn't have well, jaws if, on that. If it helps anyone out, um, my wife, I, I just, well, I, I told you I bought a new computer, and it has a touch screen. And my wife, who is sighted, will not use the touch screen. She hates them. <laughs> so I don't know. You can disable the touch screen on some of those machines, Tim. You know that, uh, that with the touchpad yeah. and the mount. You can disable that, I believe. But and yeah. the only other solution to your problem with the keyboard, with the function keys, uh, Bill, would be to put an external keyboard into one of the USB ports in the machine, and that would have solved that. Would solve that. Well, problem, now think. that, of course, you can do. There's no question or doubt about it. But I didn't always want to lug this laptop around, which is not heavy, mind you. They make these two pounds or less. Or they're really light. I will say that, but you don't want to have to do that all the time. because. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. The other thing that I had, and, and I didn't know they still make them, is you can buy, if, you, if your keyboard doesn't, if your computer doesn't have a numeric keypad on it, you can buy a numeric keypad and put it in a USB port, and then you can use the JAWS keys with the insert, insert and all that stuff, and it works fine. But the... I didn't know they still made it, but I went yeah. to Amazon, and they and they make them, and they, I thought they wouldn't be made anymore, but they still No, make no, them. no, they very much make those. I've gotten so yeah. used to not using the, the number pad. I've gotten so not used to using that that I don't think about no. that so much anymore, but... But when it gets to things that are insurmountable, but at least it, they got rid of the volume buttons on the side, but it does have one on a function. So you can put a dot on that function. That F7 will turn your volume up anytime you want or lower your volume. And that, that's a good thing. And I, I like that. And I'm just amazed with these smaller computers. Now this one happens to be a little more, but the, it has four speakers in it. the The sound is just phenomenal. You know that that part I like. But and then there's another program. If if you really want your application key back, there's a program called Sharp Keys, and you install it, and then you can reassign a key or a combination to make it do what you want. So if if your computer and ninety eight percent of them don't now don't have that applications key, you can assign one and it's no problem. I used to do it with the MacBooks all the time. So sharp keys are a pretty nice little little handy thing and yes, Jeff, it's free. <laughs> so Oh, I don't mind paying for things. That that never bothers me. But no, but seriously it's a it's a good little machine, but you have to just figure out ways around it to do it. But I didn't I didn't really want to go into all that trouble with those function keys. And the guy goes, Oh, I'm just touching F one, F two, F three, F four, whatever the case may be. And maybe there is a way, and somebody will tell me about it, but there really didn't seem to be a real good way. Okay, we've talked long enough. Chris, we're going to do your recipe, and we're going to ask you, do you know anything about what's new in cooking appliances or anything that's caught 
your eyes lightly where that's concerned? There hasn't really been anything new. I know QVC's having an all-day cooking event today, and I know Meredith Lawrence is supposed to be on today at 1, and she's the Blue Jean chef. I know she has two new appliances on, but I don't know what they are. She's always coming up with interesting things. What is it that captures QVC with a lot of people when now everybody's copied their things? You can get things with three or four payments and no interest. And is QVC because they're pretty lax on that? You know, I don't think they run credit checks every time they do a four payment issue on you or is that? Oh, no, you 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 have to have a Q card or a credit card on file. And I'm sure they do credit check initially but you know they don't it's, really the, the whole thing with the with the, even when i went to amazon and bought something at amazon they said if you'd like to pay this on a on on a on a multi-payment plan with no interest we use a, a company called affirm and it, it's very popular because because they know that people aren't going to buy if they have to and with the inflation the way it is and with the economy the way it is if people can sit there and buy i bought a recliner from raymore and flanagan uh, about a year and about a year over over a year ago bill is a, a power recliner and I bought it, and they, they the, the store said, would you like to pay it out on a payment plan? I said, well, can I? And she said, yes. Uh, the only thing is, because of the price of the recliner, you have to pay it off in six months. Well, I paid it off in three months. So it's very popular. And I think, didn't you do the same thing, Chris, when you wanted to pay for something you, you're using the we payment plan? We paid for our bed that way. We went prepared to put it on our credit card, but they gave us one year no interest. And... Uh, this was last May or so, and they were talking about how interest on credit cards was going to go up and all that stuff. So I said, well, okay, we'll take the free interest for a year, and I believe I can have it paid off in a year. And we've got about 20% of it paid off already. And if it's through Wills Fargo, their, their website isn't always the greatest, but if you can call up and use the phone, it works very well. That's how I do it. Man, the way I don't see how people use Wells Fargo anymore. The way they lied and lied again to their customers and did whatever they did. Maybe they've changed. Well, but. they've uh, they've cleaned up some stuff. I know every time I make a phone payment, and I think this is kind of dumb, but if that's what they want to do, whatever. They send you a confirmation. You get a number on the phone. You get a confirmation number. You get an email. And you also get a letter by U.S. mail confirming your payment every time you make one. Well, I get that, Chris. They want to be. They want to make sure that it, it, that it, that that they're covering all the bases. I guess. And I notice this with hospitals now. They're starting this payment plan. They automatically offer you that if you've got a payment plan and you can't pay it off. I think they're getting tired of going to collecting agencies. Because people tend to hide from them. I was going to mention that uh, it's um, getting to be, though, that you can't rely on anybody. Because I thought that about Wells Fargo, so Uh I switched some of my stuff over to U.S. Bank, and they got in trouble for the same thing. So, who knows? Well, that's just it, you know. And we'll never use... Well, I won't say never. We probably won't use Wells Fargo anymore, at least I mean, we didn't choose them, it's the payment plan, the the store finances their stuff through them, but 
We'll probably never use them again, but, well, but I'll when take I bought the my free furniture back in, year. in 2005, Chris, they used Wells Fargo as well, and uh, and I and they had the payment plan back then, and that wasn't very popular back in 2005, but they did, and it worked out well for me. So I got I, I got to say that that is a pretty cool thing. Um, well, credit card interest is just so high. Even if you have good credit, you're going to pay big interest on stuff, and sometimes that's the only way you can get it. That's why it, I buy all my it, stuff and put it on your credit card, Jennifer. If you don't pay this off within a year, the interest jumps to 28%. So you have every incentive, and oh, you'll yeah. march off that 20% and get it back up so that... Oh, we didn't start paying. They didn't, they didn't even... They wouldn't even allow me to pay anything till the end of July because it wasn't even on record. So we have till next July. I mean, right, I couldn't even, they weren't even showing a balance. I got to ask you a question, Kristen. Next, I don't know if you can answer it, but next time you watch QVC, let me know how those glasses do on reading the graphics they put at the bottom of the screen. Uh, I'm we have curious. done that, and they work quite well. They'll read the item number, the phone number, the easy pays, the price. Now, that's pretty cool, because I wish that the, the coasts would say more of that, and they don't. They'll say seven easy payments of $40 a payment, but they don't always tell you everything. So, And it depends on who the host is. So that that is kind of nice. And, yes, Bill, we do have a recipe whenever you're ready. I'm always ready for a I'm recipe. Hungry, I'm hungry. This is chicken and stuffing bake. This is really good. We make it not all the time, but we do make it now and then. One half cup or one stick of butter or margarine. About 30 ounces of skinless, boneless, raw chicken. One can cream of chicken soup. One can of water, or you could use milk if you wanted, or some combination. One six and a third ounce package of that dry stuffing mix, like stovetop or something like that. You're going to preheat your oven to 350. Spray your 9 by 13 pan with non-stick cooking spray. Cut up your butter or margarine and place it in the pan. Put your pan in the oven to 5 to 10 minutes till the butter is melted. Layer chicken in pan and then pour your soup and water mixture over. It's easier for me if I mix the soup and water together in a different bowl, but you don't have to. Cover with foil. Bake for 30 to 35 minutes. Uncover and continue baking till the top is brown, which takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And that's all there is to it. It's good. You could put cheese on it if you really wanted to. You'll never do that, Chris. Why you'd want to. I was like, you'll never do that. Yeah, but that's a good recipe, and Chris posts that. So that's incentive to go to legendoldies.com, click on the coffee club, and then you can find the link right down there on the page, and you can subscribe. They don't allow us to subscribe you automatically because of spam and this, that, and the other. But if you want to get Chris's emails right in your inbox. And I just posted it. I just posted it, so it'll be there. And speaking of posting, Jeff, did you make a copy of this one today? 
I, I have, yes. Yeah. I, do you need it? Yes, because I, will, I, I'll I put had in the, two interruptions uh, because of the... Uh, watch McCon. Yes, it's being recorded right now, and as when it ends, I'll take it and put it in the all things in the root of all things radio. Okay. Okay. Bring Thanks, because I couldn't do it because I don't know what happened with the internet stoppage here, but we couldn't do anything. <laughs> I will take care of it, and I'll send you a text message when it's done. Okay. Thank you, Bill. You were talking about Chris's recipe, and you said spam. Spam. No. Oh, gross spam. spam. No spam. <laughs> I thought spam was pork shoulder and ham. That's what they used to call it. No, no. It's something worse that we can't see on the radio and, and something. But it you is know, not. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, talk about spam. I had a college roommate when he would work at Domino's Pizza and he'd get home at two or three in the morning after delivering pizzas when I was in college and he would heat up spam on this hot plate and, and the smell of it would just wake you up. Oh, God. <laughs> You know, and what's up, yeah, with Facebook putting your names on these products and they say you like it. I never said I like uh, Papa John's pizza that I know of. They do that as part of an advertising gimmick. Well, I wish they wouldn't associate my name with Papa John's pizza. They can associate my name with black and white cookies and I'd have no problem with that. Well, they'll find something to... Oh, I'm sure they will. (laughs) I'm sure they will, um... They've got some people's names up there all the time on, I've on seen Facebook. So, hey Tim, do we have any voicemails by chance? He's looking. Not that I see. Oh, I thought maybe we'd get something from the lovely Debbie Morgan because she likes to send voicemails. But oh, oh, guess oh, I can't believe it. He's going to strike again. <laughs> He's going and, to, uh, that Dick's coming in. We we know he always comes in at the last minute, but he was in okay. earlier today for some reason, but he didn't talk. But he's coming in now, so because it was too early when he came in before he has to wait until the last minute. He, maybe he was busy watching Highway Patrol reruns. Dick, we hear you. We, we know you're here. Go ahead, Dick. Hello, everybody. Hey, listen, I'm good. To, I'm glad to hear it's Mister Fixit show here. I have a question for Dave. Dave. My newest railroader, which is probably 20, 25 years old, when I first got it, um, when you're when you're braille, the kind of lot, the um, characters kind of uh, stick together. I'm kind of wondering why it does that. Happily, I have other railroaders. In fact, my railroader from 1959 hmm. still works very, very well. <laughs> oh, my mic was off. <laughs> If are you saying that the the letters run together? Yes. Oh, okay. That's it, because when you're writing. Yeah, that's because the carriage isn't moving properly. And um, one of the things that usually happens is there's a if you put your fingers, you know, in the front of the braille writer up above where your carriage is. Above the keys. Above the keys. Where the the little thing is, you can push down the lever, you can push down to move the carriage from the end of the line to the beginning of the line, whatever. But if you reach your finger, if you take the carriage and put it over to the end of the line, that much gives you some room. And if your fingers are small and you put your fingers in there and you reach down in there, you're going to feel a... It's like a, a round... 
Well, let's just call it a tube. It feels to me like a little chain. Well, no, I wasn't talking about the oh, chain. Oh, not the, okay. Uh, this, is, this is a round tube, and that tube collects dust. And um, you can use, uh, it's, it's like a, um, like a, a clock oil. And the, not very much. You don't want too much. But you can oil that tube, and nine times out of ten, that will eliminate that problem. Very good. And I agree with my, your wife, too. I hate those boys on the laptops. Uh, I always have a, a keyboard that I put and plug into the USB port. Yeah. But I have a problem. My fingers are not real... Uh, uh, real small, unfortunately. Um, another thing, too, I understand. I just heard yesterday this new uh, uh, the iOS 16 for the iPhone. The um, you're able to tell the phone to disconnect. That is true. That's true. You're supposed to be able to do that with your side button. Just press it, or you can tell Siri. You're supposed to be able to tell Siri disconnect. But what John Vosen said, it wasn't working, so... Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. these things That's happen. all I heard last night. He said that it works most of the time, but there you go. And, and Jeff, I agree with you about uh, with the RLF business. Uh, well, I tell you, I never understood geometry at all. We, we, we could talk about that all day, and I still wouldn't get it. I, me too. I'm the same I, way, you're, you're, you're talking to the... You're preaching to the choir, Dick. Believe something, me. <laughs> something happened to me. I can do a lot of things, but that's... Not, not, not one of them. So that. Well, that's, I, I know Jeff. I know what Jeff you was talking about. People can. I know people who who, are, who walk who, who veer a lot, and I do that to a point. But I, I watch myself. I make sure it doesn't happen. But there are people who really can't. I can't do that. They can't cross streets. And it's pretty uh, I can tell you that from my experience. Um, I knew someone who she, she the person I knew had no. No concept of spatial relation, and it's not her fault. They're finding they were finding out now when they didn't know about this back in the fifties and the forties when RLF was was coming in, and that that it, not only did the did the oxygen damage the visual cortexes of, or the eyes or the retina, I should say, whatever it is, it also damaged other parts of the brain that they never knew about, and and, and it, it's nothing that that you can do about it, and. It, it is unfortunately it is a fact of life, and there are people who are affected more by, by it than others. So, Dick, there's there's nothing to be ashamed of. It is part of the. It's, it's just the, the way condition. it is. You know. There you go. Some it, of it, it, the only thing it didn't do is it didn't damage my love for gin and tonics, Dick. Well, mine mm-hmm. for beer and, and, and prime rib either. Oh, yeah, well, I like the prime rib as well. So. Yeah, he gets a gin tonic and prime rib, and. Nothing wrong with that. How do you cook your prime rib stick? Or how does? Well, you know what? I don't. We don't. We don't order. We don't. We buy them outside. We get ribeyes, ribeye steak, and yeah. we usually cook them on the Weber. I mean, yeah. with a Weber gas grill, and uh, they're expensive. But you know what? I'm at the point now where you can't take it with you. I, I agree. Okay, but by the way, my name is Jeff, and I'll give you my address, and you can send me about twenty thousand dollars, Dick. You couldn't use it. Christian would use it. Uh, Don't even say that too loud. It's scaring the hell out of me, Dick. Yeah, <laughs> Bill. You know, when I get back home, Dick, I think I'm going to get a ribeye steak and put it on my that uh, smoker, the Traeger smoker. Boy, they they do a good job too. We can go back to Florida, Bill. As soon as we can. 
Uh, we've got to get through this alumni and get everything done. Then after that, then I'm back home and I don't know when I'll ever come back. Really? You're going to sell the house in Indianapolis, you think? Don't know. It's up for discussion right now. Ah. So. Oh, well. So, um... Other than that, the weather's going to be beautiful this weekend. Boy, we got a lot of rain Sunday. Wow. Wow. Boy. Hey, Dick, two Milwaukee oh. questions for you real quick. Is 94.5 yes. still on the air as ESPN Sports? Yes. And yes, it is. What's the station 97.3 called? W? Oh, you know, I don't know. I know they have the, back, the Packers on now, and they don't live stream either, I've been told. Although, who cares? I don't listen to the Packers anyway, but... <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I don't know the callers. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't That's know. That's okay. I'll but, you know, I can't, I'm not able to get the um, um, on tune in. Now, are they, are they not going to have the uh, NFL on? I mean, I know they have Westwood 1, but are they going to have the uh, games? The I NFL thought games? that they. I thought that I heard that they were, Dick, but uh, I don't, don't, don't call me on that. But I thought they were going to have all the ones that were streamed by Westwood 1. Just by Westwood 1, but not by... It's What happened was XM and the NFL went to an exclusivity type thing for ah. the next four or five years, and that's why. But you can now get a XM plan for $11, 11 to $12 a month, you know, that you can listen to all of those games, home and away. No, is that... No, is that uh, okay? No, no, my problem. I would used to try to get the XM on the internet, and their site was very blind, unfriendly. Um, it, it isn't as bad as you think, Dick. And and I would like to. And I don't know if Bill, if you'd like me to try to do this. I've never done it before, but I ha I do know how to use it on the computer, and um, and and I think I might be able to help Dick. And I think I'd like to work with Doug on this as well. So. Um, I'm not. I'm putting him. I'm, I know if Doug's listening. I'm putting him on the spot. But I'd like to do a demo of how to use XM on the computer because it does work. It does work. Yeah, it does. And the setting, it does work. But they have a magical phone number you can call, and if you can get a Canadian support or somebody, it's these companies. No offense, but when you get these places and you can barely understand them and they can barely understand you, then that's a deadly combination that doesn't work too well. But at least you can do that with SiriusXM, and they'll go over your plans for you. So if you could do that, Dick, you can listen on your device or if you're... I don't know if that works with the car or not, so... But, well, okay, now it does work with uh, the A-person uh, because we have uh, Sirius XM, uh, but unfortunately with that, they're, they're way, way, they're like three three or four plays behind. They're how much? Yeah, we, we, that's another problem. We, we know we know that, that people have been complaining that for a long time, Dick. Yeah. Well, this is worse, though, than it used to be. I mean, because because it's with Alexa, that's why. I, mean, I was listening on one of my devices last week, and they're only a few seconds behind. On I streamed the Colts game, and they were only a few seconds behind. And they tune in will not stop the Colts game. So, well, Dick, I guess we're going to have to let you go. It's time time for Tim. Time for Tim and time for Dick to roll. We'll talk to you later, Dick. Take care, buddy. Take care, Say merry hello.
Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you, Jeff, everyone. And we'll see you next Wednesday and more tomorrow night. From the home of forgotten favorites, the worldwide legend. You're listening to the worldwide legend with a million dollars worth of hits from the Steve Nomer Hey Baby Studio. Hey, baby, we're playing your song. It's 11 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, and that means it's time for two hours of Forgotten Favorites with Radio Tim. Celebrity birthdays, your requests. Tim will tell you how to get in touch throughout the show. So whether you're working hard or playing at working hard, crank it up a notch and enjoy Radio Tim on the World Wide.